Greetings and welcome back to another ongoing series of Shurim and Daf Yomi. My name is Yitzchak at Shalom. We're now in Masachat Erevin Daf Tzadi Vav Amud Bet. About to take a little bit of a tangent relating to finding certain kinds of items and how to deal with them. Amar Rabbi Elazar. Remember, we're picking up from Hamotzei Tefillin, <coughs> and behind it all is the consideration that maybe this is not really Tefillin, uh, and that's why if they are new, then according to some people, we cannot pick them up on Shabbat. If you find properly dyed uh, wool of tchelet, l'shonot psulot. If it's strips of wool, then they're pasul for tzitzit. Chutin k'shirin. If they're strings, then they're kasher. Let's see why. Why aren't strips any good? The fellow dyed it maybe for material to put on to a cloak. And remember, the dyeing has to be lishma, as we saw in Menachot. So maybe he spun the threads also to sew them for a garment. The answer is if they're already woven. Maybe he wove them to be a hem. The answer is mufsakin if they're cut to the proper length. <coughs> Nobody goes to such trouble to weave, to dye and weave strings and then cut them to such an even length just to make them threads for the hem. <laughs> but since when do we use that rationale of saying nobody would ever trouble themselves to make something here that's not L'Shem Mitzvah, because after all, a person is not going to go out of their way to make a Kamea look like Tefillin, but nonetheless, not, not, when do you put Tefillin on when you find them on Shabbat? When they're old or used. But if they're new, patur, because they might be a Kamea. So Rizera taught his son, Go teach. So he taught him, yes, a person is not Torah. So I'm a Rava. I've heard about this. So is he now established a strong thing by teaching it just because he said it? The question of whether we have to suspect <coughs> that something that's cut or made exactly to the proper dimensions and specifications of mitzvah might have been used for something else and a person was Torah to make it that way anyways is Machloka Tanaim, Titania. We have in the Tosefta. Right? Nachisan Zug Zug. You can wear them one pair at a time. Again, we're going to have two pairs. Echad ha'ish v'echad ha'isha, men or women. We saw that Tosef in the context of determining who is the author of the opinion that it's a mitzvah ha'zeh shalom ha'zman grama. Echad ha'rashot v'echad ishanot, whether new or old, diver of meir, b'yudah oser v'echad ishanot, b'yudah disagrees and says that new ones are not permitted, like our Mishnah. So you see that Rabbi Meir says a person is not going to trouble himself to make a Kamea look like Tefillin, so even if they're new, they're Tefillin. Rabbi Yudah says they may be a Kamea. But now we have a different take, because what are Yishanot and Chadashot? They're not used in new, but rather, if they have strips and they're tied, that's Yishanot. Chadashot, Yishpanot, Sorfa, Lomakushot, Yishchadashot, we're never tied up. 
So the Kuliamal Tarikhidish. So now everybody agrees that a person is not going to make a Kamea look exactly like Tfilin, which means a person will not cut strings exactly to be the proper size for tzitzit, dyed and woven, etc., unless they're for tzitzit, so you can use them. Uh, and the reason for Chadashot is because they clearly are not, you can't even wear them on Shabbat because you can't put them on without the knot. And since there's no knot and you can't knot them on Shabbat, then they're out. So the issue is not, are there, is it a, maybe a Kamea, but is there any practical way, legitimately, to put them on on Shabbat? Okay, so why don't you just put them, make a bow? That shows that a bow is pasul for tefillin, it has to be real knot. Rabbi Huda in the first Mishnah in the 15th parak of Shabbat holds that making a bow is a real knot on Shabbat. So he would prohibit that. Therefore, for Rabbi Huda it wouldn't work. That's why he would say that Chadashot Asurot. Not because of Kameh, again we discarded that, but because uh, as Tefillin that the only way to wear them would be to make the knot. Well, even a bow might be okay for Tefillin, but it's not okay for Shabbat. So if not, you could make a bow. Who said that a bow would be good enough for tefillin? After all, we have a halacha about all the details of tefillin, including the knot. So why would you think that if a knot was okay, like Rameir would say a, knot, a bow is okay on Shabbat, that, that would be good enough for tefillin? The fact that the nice part of the knot has to go outside, also Allah The answer is that you would bow it exactly the way that a knot would work, at least for purposes of getting it in the house. So that's why, by <coughs> may be right, might be right that Aniva really does not work. Sorry, that uh, that that would be Abai is right that the reason that that you can't work Hadashot according to Rabbi is because a bow which would work is is Asur and Shabbat. Right? You buy tefillin from somebody who is not an expert. You take, check two of his shalyads and one of his shalroshes to see if they're okay. Or the other way. Now, let's think about it. If this fellow himself is buying tefillin from one source, what do you care? Just check any three, because three is a chazaka. If he's buying from a lot of different people, you have to check each one, because he's not the guy writing them, he's just buying, he's a, 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 a um, wholesaler. So the answer is he buys from one guy. We have to make sure the guy he bought from knows how to make a shalyad and a shalrosh, which are different. Therefore, you have to check a total of three, but at least one of each. <coughs> Here, Rabbi Rashmuel's taught that you have to check three of Yad and three Shorosh, which we think means, my Rosh. it could either be three of this or three of that, or you could even say three of each. What it means is three, including Shalyad and Shorosh, two of this, two of that, and one of the other. Rav Kahana said you have to check two, which means according to what we just interpreted, one shall yad and one shall rosh. Hamani Rebbe, that follows Rebbe, Dhamma betrays him of a chazaka. Rebbe famously, in the context of Ezekiel uh, and other chazaka, says that two things, is two times established a pattern, you don't need three. So according to Rebbe, check any two of this fillin, you want to check one shall yad, one shall rosh. See, Rabbi, I'm going to say, Tzavata Shini means the second pile, which means you've got a bunch of, of, of piles, so you have to check two of each pile. 
According to Rabbi, why would you have to check a third anything? The answer is, Modi Rabbi Bitzvatim. Rabbi agrees when it comes to piles or bunches to be trade plot to Gavrizamin. He certainly bought that from different guys. So each pile is from a different guy. So you check two of each pile or three if you're not Rabbi. So why didn't you check the fourth pile and the fifth pile? The answer is, you would. The only reason Rebbe said Shlishi was to show that his normal approach of two won't apply here. But certainly, you'd certainly have to check fourth and fifth also. Okay, the Mishnah said, If you found the tefillin as piles or bound up together, then you and then you wait till after Shabbat and you cover them. Now, my tzvatim and kichot. What's the difference between them? I'm Rabbi Yehuda Marav. Hey, and tzvatim and kichot are the same, but not exactly. Tzvatim zuvi zuvi, which means they're pairs. Kichot to kichon tuba. There's a bunch of them tied together. Okay. The Mishnah then said, Machshicha lerem vian. You could stay there, wait till the end of Shabbat, and carry them. Vamai leolino zug zug. Why don't you just put on one pair at a time? So Rabbi Yehuda told me himself. My father told me. If you could do pair one pair at a time and finish before the end of Shabbat, that's what you do. If you love it, if there's so many that you won't even finish the job, then then the Mishnah uh, applies <coughs> that you wait there till after Shabbat and then carry them. Now, we said in times of Sakana, you cover them up. We have a different bright that says, that in times of Sakana, you just carry them four amot at a time, less than four amot at a time. So, it depends if the Sakana is that a non-Jew is going to come, is going to ridicule him for this tefillin. Havasakana, at least in the other, is a danger of armed robbers. So, you're saying, our Mishnah that says cover them up is Sakana Nochri. So, I must say, but if you're afraid that he's going to ridicule it, what is Rabbi Shimon's solution is very weird, which is, give it to your friend, he gives it to his friend, he gives it to his friend, to a bucket brigade, which looks very, very silly. And of course, you Shemilta, so certainly the word's going to get out. <coughs> and the answer is, both of them are in our Mishnah. So the Mishnah says, you cover them. That's if the danger is in Nochri. Sakanat listim, but if a danger is thieves and you got to get them out of there, polichan pachot pachot mi arbamot. And then Rabbi Shimon says, not on the chaviro. His solution is not to use to take four but to have a bucket brigade. Now, Mike and what's the difference between Tanakam and Rabbi Shimon? Then, according to our reconstruction with the chaser machsera, the answer is myself pachot mi arbamot adif. Rabbi Shimon Tanakam says it's better if one person to walk at two steps and stop. If you do passing on one guy to the next, Avshemilta the Shabbat. Suddenly uh, there's a big tumult on Shabbat, and it's like uh, a kind of a chilul of Shabbat. Rabbi Shimon says better to hand them off. If you say each person, person <coughs> should take steps and stop, he might not pay attention. And he'll end up carrying it without stopping in the middle. Okay, then end, the next line in the Mishnah said v'chein b'no. But on my buyout, what's this little kid doing out in the field? So as I explained in the, in the reading of the Mishnah in the previous podcast, when his wife gave birth out in the field, you got to get the kid in. What does it mean if there's even a hundred? Meaning, even if there's a hundred guys, you have to have to pass the baby. 
It's not great for this kid to go through so many hands. It's still better than Arba, than Pachot Pachot Me Arba Mot, which is Tanakama's position. Okay, the end of the Mishnah, Yehuda mentioned this thing about pa- passing a barrel, and it said, even if it's going to go outside of its own tchum. Animals and kilim take on the tchum of the owner, which means the chavit can't go outside of tchum. So, we're talking about a case where you're pouring the water from one barrel to the other, and the water we're going to say doesn't have a shvita because it because the only shvita is the barrel, and the barrel is not moving. And Rabbi Yehuda, who's suggesting this idea, is is fitting his own position. Who says water doesn't count? For what does water not count? None. This is still in the Mishnah Beitzah. We're talking here about a case where you have flour, anyante, flour from one tchum and water from another tchum, and you mix them up. Can you carry the bread outside the tchum of the water? Rabbi Yehuda says totally fine. The water doesn't count. It has to stay within the tchum of the flour. So, if that's the case, so my lo zu. Well, then, what was the response of Chachamim in our Mishnah that said the barrel can't go beyond Raglea Balim? Lo yalech Balim, meaning it shouldn't go what's in this barrel beyond what the Balim. So, wait a second. Rabbi Yehuda only said water doesn't count when it's when it's in dough. when sitting by itself, he says doesn't count. We know that Rabbi Yehuda said even in a pot, water still has its own identity. When the water is sitting by itself, it should be nullified? It's not possible. How do we know this? When you have water and salt, they don't count towards the Isa, meaning the Tchum is defined by the Isa. But in the pot, they're not Patel. Because they still are making juices. There's uh, There's liquid going on. So El Amarava, we have to take a different take. The barrel acquired shvita at some place. We're talking about water that didn't wasn't kona shvita. And the chavit is now nullified to the water because the chavit's there for the water. The famous Mishnah Hamatzniya. If you take a live person, you carry a live person out on Shabbat your patur. If you came out on a bed, even patur for the bed, because the bed is tafel to the guy. Same thing, the barrel is tafel to the liquid, and the liquid didn't have shvita. Good. Same rule about taking food out in a vessel. Now, uh, let's say the food was less than kashir. So he challenges this read. When you're in a shayara, in the caravan, then you can give one chavit to a fellow. You can pass it on. That's only in a shayara. So that doesn't work. Clearly, Rabbi Yudah does not allow for that. Rabbi Yudah. Our is talking only about a shayara. I care around where the halachot are relaxed a bit. Uh, so the difference is that if you have a shayara, then even if the barrel has shvita and the water has shvita, we still allow you to pass it further. Shalom shayara, if it's not a caravan that's moving and is camped for Shabbat, so chavit, and the camp is in a big area, chavit shikata shvita, ma'am shalom shvita. So Abayah makes that difference. If it's shalom shayara, then he would only allow, he would allow it only in a case where the water itself is not kona shvita. 
Rashi has a whole different take on the on Rabbi Yehuda. Rashi says the barrel is hefker; it doesn't have an owner. in the water it doesn't owned by anybody, and you could take it and pass it to the next guy. So then, who is it who said to Rabbi Yehuda that there's a tchum? So Rabbi Yochanan is of the opinion that things that are hefker still have shvita wherever they started out on Shabbat. So why did they use the word Raglea Baalim? So means you can't go further than vessels that have owners, even though this has no owner, and therefore Rabbi Yehuda, like everybody else would say, since it's Hefker, it has no Tchum, and therefore it can go as far as it want, as far as we want it to. And Rabbi Yochanan would say that it's limited by wherever it started on Shabbat, just like Kilim that have Baalim. Okay, we're, um, We'll pick it up in the next Mishnah, the next podcasting time. You should have a wonderful day.